0: This episode of the Movie Musical Shakedown is brought to you by Shutterstock. Shutterstock is a leading global technology company offering a creative platform for high-quality assets, tools, and services. This company licenses images, video, music, and editorial assets, as well as custom content tailored to a brand's needs. Learn more today at Shutterstock.com. Five, six, seven, eight.
1: You've got talent. Let's see what we can do with
0: it. You're going to make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show my And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the movie musical Shakedown. I am your host. Mr. Chris Peterson, founder, editor-in-chief of Onstage Blog. Thrilled that you're joining us today on this, uh, what should be a fantastic podcast. Kind of a first, I guess you could say, for us. We are delving into the dance movies. So not the traditional movie musical where you get a lot of singing, a lot of dance. Um, You basically just get dance with some of these films. And we're going to do them all. I mean, eventually we're going to get to... The step ups and the save the last dances of the world. But why not kick it off with the movie that I feel really kind of kickstarted that that renaissance, that trend of dance films. And of course, I'm talking about the two thousand center stage, starring a cast of great fantastic dancers as well as newcomers, a film debut of the future. Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy, Zoe Zaldana. You've got a, just a chock-full cast of not only professional dancers, but also theater veterans in this. I mean, Peter Gallagher, Deborah Monk, and of course the incomparable Donna Murphy as well. So just again, really, really strong cast all around. Is it the greatest movie ever? No. Is it a, certainly a guilty pleasure? Absolutely. Does it have some fantastic dance a hundred percent, yes, and that's why I wanted to really kick off those dance movies with what I feel is one of the most influential ones. So we're gonna get into all of it. Of course, my host today is going to be my amazing wife, Nicole, who is a dance teacher herself, who was obsessed with this movie as a teenager as I was when it came out as well as a lot of my friends were when it came out. So she's gonna have some great insight as well. So we're gonna take a quick break when we come back and we'll be joined with Nicole. but first, as always, here's a trailer.
1: This is one of our students. Jody Sawyer. We have so many promising students this year, I find it hard to keep them straight. Don't worry. I won't forget. You know who I saw on my way in? Who? Cooper Nielsen. Jody Sawyer, hop on. We'll go for a ride. Hey. Did he seem as cocky in person as he is on TV? I heard he hasn't spoken to anyone. He talked to me. What's your name, dear? Jody Sawyer. You need to concentrate on your turnout. Does that help? Probably not, but it doesn't hurt. How'd you end up a dancer anyway, Charlie? You meet better looking girls in the dance world. She's so good. Yeah, just ask her. You're not like most of the girls here. Your technique is nowhere near where it should be. What, you went to a special bitch academy or something? Jodie's hopeless. She'll never make it. You understand what I'm saying? Use what you have. We all heard you. You don't have to speak to her like that.
0: This is my classroom.
1: Are you kicking me out?
0: I want you to really
1: think this is the right place for you. Do you have a 5.30 class? What kind would you like? Anything but ballet. (laughs) Let's do it! You're not here by mistake. Someone at your audition watched you dance and saw something special. What you gotta do is figure out how to find that again.
0: This is your dream. Your dream. If this were what I wanted, I I wouldn't be as unhappy. You two dance really well together. How come you're not
1: seeing someone?
0: I see someone. She doesn't know I see her, but I see her.
1: I'm an idiot for getting involved
0: with him. I think he's an idiot for not treating you well. Whatever you feel, just dance
1: it. Woo!
0: back and I'm now joined by my gorgeous beautiful knowledgeable dancing and wife and co-host Miss Nicole Peterson. How are you, ma'am?
1: I am dandy.
0: Doing dandy tonight.
1: Yeah. Had doing s- dandy. Had some
0: wine. <laughs> Washed a little center stage.
1: Yeah.
0: Son is sleeping at the in-laws tonight. Uh-huh. So we have the, the house to ourselves. So What's, what better way to celebrate or take advantage of the evening than, as a married couple would, by...
1: <laughs> Drinking wine, watching center and stage. And watching center stage. I mean, that's,
0: <laughs> that's how the Peterson household gets down, folks. That's how we get down. So, Nicole, I wanted yeah. to do something a little different this week for the new movie musical Shakedown. I want, in the past, we've done a lot of traditional musicals, a lot of sing songs, a lot of mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but this week I wanted to try something new and I wanted to start talking about some of these great dance movies that we have out there. We've already kind of done a little bit of some of them. Like we've talked about, like, um, a couple of Fred Astaire stuff and and things like that. But this week I wanted to do something a little modern and, and a movie that I feel really kind of kicked off a dance movie renaissance, if you will. Yes. I mean, that, I don't think I'm being... You know, crazy saying that. But Center Stage, oh, 90, 2000s, May 12th, two thousand. Yeah. Movie's almost 19 years old. Shh. I know, crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. But this was a huge uh, movie in my college uh, community, so to speak. A lot of my dance friends uh, from my club called Orcasus at my college. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's a serious club. Is
1: that where you did ribbon dancing?
0: <laughs> no, that was a that was a show. <laughs> My senior year. For, for my friends who know, yeah, I told Nicole about the, the ribbons. Anyway, uh, this is a big, big movie that was watched many a weekend at uh, my college. And yeah, it's it was huge. How about for you? What was this movie like for you as a, a teenager?
1: My friends, my dance friends and I waited and waited and we were just dying to see this movie and it came out this spring right after I turned 15. So...
0: So, like, prime teenage dance Prime year. teenage
1: dance time. Yeah. And I was, like, working to make extra money so I could take more dance classes than I already was. Uh, I just, like, I was already obsessed. So, when this came out, it just, like, it...
0: It just cemented It everything.
1: cemented it. It made it so that I didn't have to watch old movies to see dance. I could see dance now, which was really amazing
0: me. It's a good point. It's a good point. One thing that I've I've noticed and I actually wrote an article about this last year. I basically said that I don't think Center Stage gets enough credit. I think it's underrated by a lot of people in within the industry who don't really revere it as much as other dance movies, so to speak. Do you do you agree or disagree or
1: I totally agree. Well, I think part of it is because the choreography, the new choreography that was done it's so by Christopher Weldon, And when this came out, he was- American in, in
0: Paris, Christopher Wieldon. Yes. Just so just everybody knows, yep.
1: So he was a newer voice in 2000. He wasn't the Christopher Weldon that he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think- the real beauty and excitement of his choreography was seen yet. And I also think that it's easy to write off movies starring dancers because dancers can't act and actors can't dance and blah, blah, blah. And so you can say, Oh, the dancing sucks or the acting sucks. And you're never going to view it as, as a real film, which is it's too bad because I think this has a lot of good points about it.
0: Right. 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 Would you put this on the Mount Rushmore of dance movies?
1: Uh, No. No? No. Turning Point has to go above it if we're talking about like a dramatic dance film.
0: Have you seen the sequel to Center Stage, Center Stage On Point? Yes. Apparently, that's called the Center Stage sequel that we all deserve. Do you agree with that statement? No. No? Okay. (laughs) I just saw a headline saying that... Center stage is finally getting to the sequel it deserves. I, mean, they're I, to the I didn't like it. Center stage on point. But
1: okay. again, I was such a fan of the ballet dancers that were in the original. I right. mean, when you're talking about the top, like, the top dancers of their time, Ethan Stifle and Julie Kent and baby Sasha Radetzky, like all of these people went on to have amazing careers. I mean, in that cameo that you pointed out of Gillian Murphy to me, like... These are people who have had amazing careers. And I didn't see that in all of the other... Well, let's
0: talk about that cast real quick. Let's talk about the cast. I mean, you have a dancer-full cast. I mean, you just mentioned a couple of them. I mean, pretty much everybody in this movie, almost everybody in this movie was either a professional dancer or had been professionally trained either in their lifetime or directly for this movie. And actually only two of the principal cast were not dancers. And that was the the young man who played Eric and the woman who played Maureen mm-hmm. uh, were not actual dancers, which is why you hardly see them dance at all in this movie. So very interesting choices on that end. But everybody else is a dancer, which you can definitely see throughout the film. There's not a lot of cutaways. There's not a lot of clearly stunt, quote unquote, stunt mm-hmm. dancers, so to speak. You're seeing a lot of these people do these moves, which I thought was, was pretty unique for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, what I loved about this movie too was, it was kind of a good mix between ballet and Broadway in a mm-hmm. way. Uh, not only through the choreography by Susan Stroman, the fact that she, you know, they take that whole dance class at Broadway, mm-hmm. quote unquote, Broadway dance studio, which is definitely like Broadway Dance Center, um,
1: but or steps or steps. Like, it looks yeah. like steps on Broadway.
0: But the cast that you have in this, I mean, mm-hmm. chock full of Broadway. Icons and legends and and just consistent stars, you know. You've got Donna Murphy, obviously. You've got Peter Gallagher. You've got Deborah Monk, uh, Olga. Uh, I, I butcher her last name every time, but Merindez, who who is in the original cast of In the Heights, who's about to be in the movie of In the Heights as well, uh, playing the abuela. abuela. Um, and I'm trying to think. Oh my gosh, Priscilla Lopez mm-hmm. danced the shit out of it. Priscilla Lopez. You just, you've got an incredible Broadway cast in there as well. So I just really appreciated the fact that, you know, even though you don't have these Broadway or these ballet, you know, icons necessarily in the film teaching or, you know, playing the teachers, you do have people that understand, you know, performing arts and and things Mm -hmm. like that, which I thought was really cool on that end. So, um, yeah. What other general thoughts about this film did you have?
1: Um. That they had some really, and for dance nerds, they had some really great like obligatory dance shots,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I loved. Like in the beginning, um, all of the dancers walking down the street turned out, like, that is a shot that is also in Turning Point and like it's it shows, it's seen a lot in dance movies. I love the breaking in of shoes and I love like the obligatory nasty dance feet shot like all of
0: that is like how about the notes that, like you know throughout this entire movie mm-hmm. especially early on when they're in the classes you mm-hmm. hear a lot of like you know chest up or you know
1: they're not they're not far off by any means yeah, i that mean that's pretty accurate yeah and i think especially for that time i think notes have changed now we're not just telling dancers to turn out we're telling them you know rotate you know rotate from the hip or use the musculature of your thighs to wrap your thighs to. So we're trying, you know, the way you're teaching corrections is different than it was, but that's almost 20 years ago now. Right, so right.
0: did Jody really have the problems that are discussed throughout this entire film? Like she has bad feet, her turnouts poor things like that. Does, does Jody actually demonstrate that poorly in this film?
1: Well, again, I think it's a matter of, the teaching philosophy you're coming from. In 2000s ballet, yes, she has bad turnout. Um, you're looking for a horizontal line if you're talking about a, a traditional ballet conservatory line, right? But the way I teach ballet, because I'm looking at recreational students that need to have knees and hips for the rest of their lives, is to find your natural turnout and learn to maintain it and develop it from that point. So again, we're talking about a little bit of a generational difference of how you teach. Um, a it, kinesiological difference of how old bodies are moving and developing, especially with young dancers. I know this is boring you because you are getting that glazed-over look.
0: <laughs> Not at all. It's fascinating. All this technicality, technical talk is fascinating.
1: But so, just think. Don't yell. Turn out. Yell. Wrap your thighs.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I, I definitely had to. <laughs> it was very glaring as the movie went on, but. They def, you know, when it comes to diversity in this movie, they definitely tried. Mm-hmm. You know, for early two thousands film industry, uh, they definitely, you definitely see it. You know, I, I would say it's probably eighty to ninety percent Caucasian, mm-hmm. but
1: but that's also the ballet. World. Well, that's
0: what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Is that is that realistic in the ballet industry itself?
1: Absolutely. In like, I mean, they just came out with flesh toned ballet shoes in more than just pink. And the pink tones, most of the company is called European pink. So <laughs> like the and that's just in the past year or two. Wow. So I mean, we're not even a year away from professional dancers having to pancake their own shoes to match their own skin tone because they weren't available in other colors. So this it seems pretty diverse, but it is very diverse for a ballet film. And it's too bad that that's still the truth, but it's the truth.
0: So, mm, definitely. One last thought I wanted to make sure I, before I get into our categories the soundtrack
1: is the best thing ever it in really the whole world. It really is. I mean, it
0: really is phenomenal. I mean, it's two definitely. Two
1: Jamiroquai songs. You get
0: two Jamiroquai, <laughs> which is like. Whoa. Whoa. You get two Mandy Moore's. Did you wear is, your
1: furry hat? Yes. Yeah. Rem-
0: well, ben this Hutt, movie reminds me. Oh.
1: But not the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Stevie Wonder.
0: Right. No, yeah. you just get one higher ground. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, This movie made me remember why I liked Jamiroquai and why also Jamiroquai didn't really work for for very long. Um,
1: Jamiroquai has been in my life ever since this movie. So. Yeah.
0: And a couple other um, things about the, the soundtrack that are going to come on later, but... Yeah, no, it's pure two thousands. I mean it really is
1: and we feel all right.
0: (laughs) I mean this this soundtrack is built for TRL at the time. Oh, I love it. All right. Well let's move on to the categories. You know, folks, we know that when we watch these movie musicals, there are some emotional, goosebumpy moments that come Mm -hmm. up every now and then. But I call these dusty room moments where the room just gets a little dusty and those eyes start to water. So Mm -hmm. Nicole, yes, when it comes to center stage, did you have any dusty room moments?
1: Uh, a couple. Um, one is watching Julie Kent as Juliet. Mm. She's just so lovely. She really is. And she can say so much with her epaulement and just her carriage and just those small movements she makes really speak so much about that character. But I just love, I think... Julie Kent's characterization mm-hmm. is lovely and it's subtle. And I think that it's probably different than how it's performed on stage because there's a camera right there, but it, it's really beautiful. Um, and also when all of the digs at Emily and when they send Emily home, like that's just that hit it, me, it, it the the hit point. me hard. I yeah. am a dancer who wanted to be a ballerina, but has a big butt and can't. So watching that as a teenager, I don't have the ballet figure. I right. never did. And knowing that as a teenager, studying dance and wanting to do so much with it, watching that scene hit me then and it sure. hits me now. It's, it's very relatable. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, that actually brings me to my next section. Mm-hmm. You know, folks, we know that sometimes in, within these films, there are some moments that make us a little uncomfortable, whether it's mm-hmm. because they haven't aged well and it's now 2019, and whether they were purposefully, put there to make us feel awkward. But I call these yeesh moments mm-hmm. where you just, when those moments come up and you're just like, yeesh, and you pull those collars a little bit and you're just like, oh my God. Can't believe they put that in the film. So I had a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously I think anything that has to do with body image in this movie is very, very tough. And I think that's the point, you know, I think. Well,
1: it's also much more of the time. Like, I mean, <sighs> body positivity in dance is a different language than it was in mm-hmm. the early 2000s and the fat jokes throughout this movie and the constant digging and what people are eating and all of that there right. is still a reality to that in dance but much more so in the 90s and 2000s yeah. like I mean there was that whole scandal at the Boston Ballet with dancers I mean dealing with anorexia and all of that so I mean that's it's changing yeah. now because the language is changing.
0: And well, I think that you know uh, ballet stars such as Misty Copeland are putting more of a shine on having healthy athletic bodies rather than the the stick figure bodies that that people would try to become well and that was that was a
1: product of balanchine like balanchine dancers were long and lithe, had long necks small heads there's a very distinct image of a Mm -hmm. balanchine dancer and that became what the american dancer needed to look like and that isn't necessarily the case anymore and i mean if you look at like complexions ballet company i Mm -hmm. mean They were doing this before Misty Copeland became famous and they were just they were able to start to change the discussion about body positivity in dance and as someone who has dealt with my own issues with that but also who is now teaching for the most part young women how to appreciate the strength in their own body Mm. and the ability to use their bodies to produce art and that's a conversation that has to be dealt with really delicately. Sure. You have to be able to talk to young girls about their bodies as tools and not just as a product. Mm -hmm. And I think that got lost somewhere in dance. And I think it's coming back though, which is a good thing.
0: Definitely. um, So other awkward yeesh moments in this, in this movie, for me at least, the kissing in this movie is awful, by the way. <laughs> like whenever these characters kiss, they are phenomenal dancers. Don't get me wrong, but the way that they kiss each other in this film looks as if they've never kissed another human being in their life. And like from uh, Cooper to Jody to then Jody to um,
1: well, you figure Sasha Radetsky's
0: character, and then. Maureen and Jim, like no one can kiss each other in this movie. It looks like kissing is foreign to them. It looks choreographed. Like well, the kissing looks like it probably I'm going had to bed. be
1: choreographed. Because, and even even
0: in the beginning with between Julie Kent and and um, Cooper Nielsen,
1: but during the Romeo even and Julie thing, is was. Dating, I believe at this point, already dating Gillian Murphy, and they're married, and they're having a baby now. Like they're they were already in a relationship. Doesn't matter. So, I know, but they're not actors. Look, they're dancers.
0: Just kiss, kiss like you normally would kiss yeah, a human being. Right? <laughs> they look like it's like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm gonna move my, I'm gonna tilt my head and go. Wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, it just it's the kissing looks awful. This, really. Um, All right, let's talk about the grab ass during the dance. Yes.
1: Class. I never noticed that before. I watched this movie dozens and dozens of times. Folks, if you
0: haven't seen it, go watch the, the sequence during um, when she goes to the Broadway dance class. And first of all, the, at the first instance is when, like, the dancers are coming in like, hey, good to see you. And, like, one guy, like, lifts a girl up by her butt mm-hmm. and is, like, just has both hands firmly placed. And, like, he's definitely squeezing it. You can see it. And you think, okay, maybe they're a couple. Like, okay, that's, right. that's cool and then during the stretching routine the warm up routine uh during candy they start doing those hip thrusts as the camera's panning left you can see he's got his hand underneath the girl's butt yeah. as she's like you know coming down on his hand or he's i can't i can't remember if he's going up with it as well but it's really weird looking it's very yeah. awkward even if you're a couple you're not doing that at a dance class no. and it just it just looks really bad and I probably, I mean, I don't even want to know like the behind the scenes story behind that choice, mm-hmm. but uh, doesn't, doesn't has, that has not aged well. Yeah. No. Um, I think Deborah Monk is the worst mom ever in this eh. movie. What cemented it for me was that when Maureen is having that moment of like, I don't want to dance anymore. This is mm-hmm. your dream, not mine. And she's like, mom, like I'm throwing out my food. And the mom's just like, well, you're just watching your weight. Everybody does that. I'm like, oh my God. It's the worst thing you could say to your daughter. Your daughter just admitted that she's bulimic. And you're like, hey, hey it's like, hey. Okay.
1: You, just you want- didn't have the feet. I don't have the heart. I don't have the heart.
0: <laughs> like, I, you watch your weight. It's fine. I'm like, that's that's bad. Like, yeah. It, you know, by just simply glossing over it and ignoring it, that problem only really gets worse. So that was not, that has not aged well either. Other awkward yeesh things for me, Michael Jackson music. And, you know, hearing it in 2019, it just, it, it feels different than it did before.
1: Well, you can't.
0: I know. On it's, it, a, then... it's a yeesh moment. It's just a yeesh moment for me.
1: Can I. Why do people pronounce ballet ballet? Why why
0: is that? Is that a yeesh moment or is that a lingering question?
1: No, that's a yeesh moment for me. Oh, it is this pet peeve.
0: How do they pronounce it in this movie? Ballet. So just saying ballet? Ballet. I say ballet.
1: Is well, it? that's strange, and that's because you do it to annoy me. I was ballet. Ballet? Ballet.
0: Any other uh, Yeesh things for you?
1: Yeesh. So many jazz sneakers. So many jazz. I know they just invented them at that point. It like it was the hot product. It was the hot product. Gotta sell of the some. Early 2000s. J- you
0: know, there's like, we talk about product placement in films. Like, some people put Pepsi, people put jazz sneakers. Holy
1: product placement, though, Sancho Ballet shoes.
0: hmm. All over the place.
1: All over the place.
0: Okay. All right. Let's move on, folks. We know that sometimes these movies don't answer every single question. Sometimes mysteries are left unsolved. So I call this lingering questions. Basically, anything that we wanted some more information on, maybe ended a little weird. Price left leave some uh, mystery in this film. But um Nicole, I'll start with you. Did you have any lingering questions about Center Stage?
1: Yes. So I'm assuming they're modeling this whole thing after the School of American Ballet because mm-hmm. you have to be in the School of American Ballet to get into the New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just wondering where the auditions are taking place. Like how? What I know, probably no one else in the world is wondering this.
0: But- it looked like it looked like the first audition that Jody's at. Was Eva also at the same audition? I
1: thought they were two different auditions.
0: Different, two different. Because Eva blatantly was in New York City. Yeah. Like when she leaves the building, she's in New York City. But yeah. with Jody, we can assume that that might have been like a regional audition. Because yeah. they never go outside. So you don't, you don't know if they're in the right. same thing or not.
1: So. Uh, I wonder if they had to pay for the auditions. Because that's like a whole new thing now. That like, scandal, scandal. How much are they making you pay per audition?
0: Ah, Okay.
1: So much underage drinking, how were they able to get away with that? Yeah,
0: How are so th- that's a good question because when these students are admitted to this academy, they're basically just out of high school, so they're 17, 18 years old. How are they getting into this club, and how are they being served drinks? That's a big learning curve question for me. Another one is how come Eva isn't, like, booted from the academy the first day of class? Like, when she comes in, she comes in late – She's chewing gum. She's not wearing the right outfit. Her hair is all tizzy.
1: Uh, she my guess attitude. is because they know she's a good dancer and they want her, so they'll put up with bad behavior.
0: It's terrible. It's a terrible mm-hmm. precedent to set.
1: It is. <laughs> who,
0: who, what is. Who is Deborah Monk's character at the American Ballet Academy, and how can she just walk into rehearsals the way she does?
1: Because she works there.
0: But doing what? She works at the box office or something? Or?
1: She's probably a receptionist.
0: Okay. All right. Why is the limo driver hanging out with this, the, this kids on the ferry? Because that's like an
1: awkward, I'm trying to be cool in high school, college thing to do. And no, let's let the limo driver come hang out with us all day.
0: Yeah, folks, if you didn't see that, when they go on, <laughs> when it's uh, Eric's birthday and they all go on the uh, of Liberty Island Ferry, the limo driver is posing in the photo with them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, then who's with the car? That's besides the point. How was Jody just allowed backstage during performances of Stars and Stripes? Like, hi, I'm with the American Ballet Academy. Can I be backstage? It's weird that they just let a ballet student, you know, hang out in the wings during a live performance at Lincoln Center of the New York City Ballet. It's just, it's just weird. How come Jody's not more heartbroken when she sees Cooper with another woman?
1: I think she's angry. Yeah. But I think there's understanding that he is a womanizer. Yeah, Like I just
0: actually that brings up my next point. In 2019, is Cooper Nielsen exposed for sexual misconduct in a wave of mis- of the like Me Too era?
1: A bunch of the New York He's City the, ballet he is, dancers. Yeah, like he is <laughs> the
0: poster boy of the, like we are watching a Me Too <laughs> situation like in this movie. Like it's blatant. Well, and
1: there's a little bit of a play on that because of all the problems that Peter Martin's had. So there's that. Plus you add in all of the stuff with the principal male dancers of the New York City Ballet that just were booted and then, you know, forgiven for all. And there's so much drama in the past two years.
0: So folks, if you ever want to know like what, like what is Me Too all about? Like what is... Just watch Center Stage. Like,
1: it's like Watch Center Stage and then go on the New York City Ballet's like Instagrams.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> um, any other lingering questions? Uh,
1: no, I just feel like there's a lot of throwback shots to Turning Point. And I don't know if that was intentional or if it's just a ballet movie thing. Um, but having seen both of them so much, I feel like
0: yeah. there's a lot of repeat shots. That's true. It's probably a good inspiration for this film. Mm-hmm. Folks, we know that... You know, with these movies, uh, there are going to be some of our favorite scenes and lines that are not song oh, lyrics or choreography. So I like to call this new section Famous Quotes and Non-Musical Scenes. So, Nicole, pick yes. like one or two <laughs> if you can. <laughs> I'll start. Okay. Okay. I've only got two. I was able to narrow it down.
1: I'm not able to narrow it down.
0: <laughs> My favorite non-musical moment is definitely that first scene where you watch the dancers get ready. Mm-hmm. And they're breaking in their shoes. Like one girl is like taking a like file to it. Mm-hmm. Another girl is lighting it on fire, which oh. I thought was pretty extreme. Um they've got that nice little sink sprinkler water fountain in the mm-hmm. corner. So like one of them was just like dousing it and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but like I just kind of like that, where like they take these shoes and they just tear them apart to like yep. you know fit their feet, which I think is pretty cool. I thought that was very authentic, mm-hmm. if you will. Favorite line of dialogue in this entire movie, there are a couple, uh, but my winner has to go to the Maureen and Jim makeup scene when. Oh,
1: see, that's one of my favorite scenes. Right
0: after she storms out, it was like, you know, who I'm the best goddamn dancer in the American Ballet Theater. Who are you? No one. Well, when she comes back and she's like, Eric got injured today, you know the first thing I thought when I saw him go down? I wish it, it was, was me. me. That whole sequence is phenomenal. So yes. that's my favorite. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So uh, I love, says my stage name is Eric O. Jones. Oh, after Oprah. And let's see, that's one. And oh, when Jody gets all drunk and is like, you're sweet and you're sweaty. Sweet sweat. Ooh, ooh. I thought. <laughs> Private joke. High school dancers. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I thought she was going to detach her jaw and swallow you whole. <laughs> Poor oh, Sergey. There's more. Give me tiaras and boys and tights any day. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's good one. Let's see. She's a heartbeat away from tattooing her name on your ass. <laughs>
0: with grit teeth
1: I know you didn't have the feet I don't have the heart yep yeah. and my two favorite scenes were the reconciliation between Maureen and fake Paul Rudd uh, so the one that you liked mm-hmm. and I love the scene at the end when they're just clapping for Jody and it's not like everyone else in that room didn't just perform it yeah Jody gets too. but Jody gets
0: the standing up <laughs> whatever yes Jody Sawyer yeah <laughs> For doing a number where she might have done like a quarter of it was ballet.
1: As a boyfriend, you totally suck.
0: Um, Terrible. All right. Well, folks, we know that with these movie musicals, you have to have four areas really firing on all cylinders for it to truly be an excellent movie musical. That, of course, is the singing, the dancing, the acting, and design. Now, with the singing, typically, you know, if this was a regular movie musical, we'd have a singing score here. But um, we don't. There's no singing in this movie whatsoever. So... Let's just do the dancing acting and design. Mm-hmm. So from, from one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best. Nicole, how would you rank the dancing in center stage?
1: I rank it a ten. Yeah. Uh not only are you exposing a bunch of teenagers to classic Ballet pieces. So mm-hmm. we have Romeo and Juliet. We have Stars and Stripes, which I love, and we also have new choreography by Christopher Wheeldon. We have. It's just. It's a nice way to share dance with young people. There you go. Ten.
0: I give it a ten as well. Honestly, I think it's. I think it's the bar. And they have real
1: dancers. Yeah, they have real dancers doing.
0: Them. I think it's you know step up or it's a different movie. Those That's are good. those are much different movies, but I think. Like Save the Last Dance, where.
1: You hate that movie. I hate that so movie much. so much. Where
0: I give the dancing a five.
1: If you ever get a chance to watch my husband pretend to be. What's her name? Julia, Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles.
0: He's doing it right now. That stupid, stupid head bob thing that she does. That movie's so dumb. I'm sorry. Anyway. Anyway. You um,
1: need to, one day you need to film yourself doing her modern dance solo at the end. because
0: <laughs> So bad. All right. So, but I, I honestly think that center stage is the bar. So I gave it a 10 as well. Acting, I gave it a five.
1: I gave it a seven.
0: Whoa, that's generous.
1: Well, it is generous, but I also feel like... I, I don't think, the,
0: yeah, I don't think the acting is bad. Let me put no. it this way. I they they're clear like some of these people are dancers, they're not actors. So I'm not expecting nuanced performances from Sasha Rodesky. I'm sorry, I'm just not.
1: No, but at the but, same time, I feel like their performances aren't taking away from the performances by Deborah Monk and by Peter Gallagher. And Donna, and Murphy. And Donna Murphy. Donna uh,
0: Murphy. you're right. You're right. And I, and I think why
1: haven't you done your monologue yet?
0: <laughs> um no, I think that the and I liked the fact, I liked where they got actors. I, mm-hmm. like, I like the roles that they got actors for. You need to have an actor playing Eva. You can't right. have someone who's just a dancer who's never acted before do that. Mm-hmm. You need an actor to be Maureen. Mm-hmm. And even though the girl who played Maureen didn't have a lot of credits before this, she wasn't ten things I hate about you. I know she was. But she is an actress. Mm-hmm. So you, you do need to, have, they, they picked their spots well. But yeah, overall I gave it a five. Because the good, the good bring the, that average up, and the bad bring it down. How about the design of this movie? To call
1: I gave it a nine. Yeah. Um, granted, most of it's done for them because uh-huh. it's New York and it's Lincoln Center and all of that. Um, but I also thought they realistically costumed them. They looked like dance students from the early two thousands. That's yeah. the stuff that I wore to dance class. Um, my wardrobe looked a whole lot like Jody's so that I felt like it was realistic. And I also feel like as far as like the ballet shoes went, they didn't, it didn't look like they came out of a storybook.
0: Right. They looked like
1: dancers. So. Yeah,
0: I agree. I gave it, I gave it a, a nine, um, based on the fact that I've been in dance studios like that. So they were perfect. Um, for those of you who don't know that much of this film was made inside the halls of Juilliard and what is now known as the Joffrey School uh, at Fordham University in New York City and Lincoln Center. So you're, you're using you know actual like revered studio space in this mm-hmm. movie. So again, that thought that oh. thought that was really great.
1: Here's a gish that I forgot. Oh, okay. They do not take care of the Marley floors. They are spilling water all over them. I would be so angry at that. Yeah, when
0: they have to wash the mirrors and stuff yes. like that. Yeah.
1: They're being very disrespectful to that studio. Can't
0: thing. have can't have a water fight on Marley floors, folks. No. Yeah. It's gonna ruin everything.
1: We're gonna have to break out that roller again.
0: Terrible. Alright, well we know that with some of these musical numbers, we love some more than others, so I ha- I call this section numbers that we needed numbers that we could do without and numbers that we're going to fast forward to if we only really have a short amount of time mm-hmm. to watch these films. We can't do a numbers that we needed because they really you know doesn't come from another source no. and they cut material. So, numbers that we could do without. Did, would you cut anything from this movie? No. Really? <laughs> of all the dance numbers, you wouldn't cut anything.
1: Well, I mean what is there to cut though? It's a good point. Because the dance numbers that are being shown that this the actor like the main cast is not dancing and they're talking mm-hmm. over they're engaging with, and they are character development moments. Right. So,
0: well, yeah, no, I, I think all the dance numbers serve a purpose. Yeah, um, even Stars and Stripes because you have to have that moment I where love Stars and Stripes. <laughs> right now,
1: you
0: have to have that moment where that where you know Cooper is clearly not into Jody. So, right. um, yeah, I wouldn't cut anything. How about what are you going to fast forward to in this movie? Oh, this you can, and now for you, you can only fast forward to one thing. What are you going to go to? Oh. You're going to go to Broadway Dance. You're going to go to the finale. You're going to go to Swan Lake.
1: I'm going to go to the finale. Yeah. because I just... We... Uh, Again, as 15-year-old crazy dance students, we loved that scene so much that we begged our teacher to do a recreation of it. So we did an entire ballet slash jazz production to The Way You Make Me Feel (laughs) and Jamiroquai. Oh, believe me. I did the same (laughs) in college. And that, I mean, it was just super influential on me as a teenager.
0: Yeah. It
1: really was. And fortunately, though... It also started the fuete epidemic. Mm. So you don't know what that is, but that's okay. Every single soloist in the world knows what that is. Wants to do a fuete oh. in their solo, and some just shouldn't do shouldn't fuetes mm. their solo.
0: For me, um, I'm probably going to go to the Broadway dance sequence just because I thought that was the most fun. That's that's like Susan Stroman at her finest. So, um, Awesome. Well, folks, we have some pretty prestigious awards to give out During these podcasts. The first is called the Julie Award, which is typically given to who we feel is the best singer in this movie. But I'm going to call this, as we do uh, when we're doing a dance film, we call it the Gene Kelly Award. Mm -hmm. uh, Who goes to uh, who we feel is the best overall dancer in this film. Nicole, who gets your Gene Kelly Award for this movie?
1: My Gene Kelly Award goes to... tie between Julie Kent and No Ethan you have Stifle. to get
0: to one. No. Get it to one. No. Give <laughs> it to one. It's too easy for you to do ties. Uh,
1: Ethan Stifle.
0: Okay. Um uh, I I gave it to I gave it to Ethan Stifle as well. Yeah. he is he is I mean he's already one of the best dancers in the world. Also, Sasha Rodeski is one of the best dancers in the world.
1: But he was so new then. at that time, and mm. before he was all over ABT and the Dutch National Ballet. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Julie
0: Kent. Never mind. Julie I'm, gonna, Kent? I'm gonna give it to Julie Kent. I think Julie Kent was definitely. And folks, if you've never seen, if you want, if you wanted to the... talk about Dusty Row moments, go ahead and just YouTube Julie Kent's last performance at the New York City Ballet. Uh, her last curtain call. It's it's quite emotional. But anyway. Um. All right, on the flip side, we, we have this award for the best dancers, but we also have to have an award for the worst dancers, and I call this the Frank Sinatra Award, <laughs> based, on, based on his performance in On the Town, yes. which, if you've never seen, just, just watch it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the man can't stop looking at his feet. So, Nicole, who's going to get your Frank Sinatra Award oh my
1: goodness. for center stage? That's amazing. Um, I think it has to go to the girl who plays Maureen, mm-hmm. only because we never see her move from the waist down.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: has a really nice cambray from the waist up. She's nice and lifted and supported, but we never actually see what her feet are doing. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to give it to Eric because he trips and falls. <laughs> He's truly the worst dancer in this movie um no and also he had no dance training i mean like if you watch if you closely watch the film he doesn't do anything like even when he's like that's not salsa this is salsa like it's <laughs> what he does isn't in salsa either. <laughs> he just like he just shimmies his shoulders back and forth kind of like freaking Julius styles can we, and we save give the a shout games.
1: out though to Ilya kulik because Who?
0: Ilya kulik who's that Circuit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Because he's an ice skater who happened to also do a little ballet. So, Wow.
0: And he's good at this movie.
1: He's re- yeah, he does a great job.
0: But Eric is on a whole nother level. That's not salsa. This is salsa. <laughs> uh,
1: Christopher awful. is now salsa dancing in his awful. <laughs> All right,
0: Nicole, who's going to get your Bumlet Award for this? For the background and solemn member that just pulls your attention you can't stop looking at him. Oh. And don't say it's... butt grabber. Yeah. <laughs> wrong reasons
1: um there is i think you pointed him out as the person who is the dance captain yeah but he's got slick back hair yep he's also he's also my Montmont layout guy yeah
0: he's he's cooper's co-choreographer in his new company
1: yeah um one i think he is a very good dancer but two the hairstyle catches my eye every time
0: love it (laughs) love it I mean, you could give a lot of of Bowman awards in this. In this oh moment. yeah, there's it's a lot
1: filled with, if not professional dancers, going to be professional dancers. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm trying to think who would. I'm gonna give it to the teacher that's like, um, he's teaching that class with Sergey and Eva, mm-hmm. and he's like, if I want, if they want to hear vulgarity, they want to hear swears, they'll take the subway. But she has a point. <laughs> like, like, it's a good line of dialogue, and that guy's cool. That guy's cool. He's the kind of teacher that I, w- I would want to like be. Like I want him on my side, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, all right, Nicole. Last question. Oh my god, we like blew through this, but it's been almost what forty five minutes. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Should this get a remake? No, I'm gonna say yes. Not not a remake, so to speak. I think I think Center Stage would be awesome as like a. Thirteen episode Netflix show, Dance Academy. Oh, there I have one. <laughs>
1: yes, is it as good
0: as Center Stage? I think so. All right. Well, then I guess they stole my idea. <laughs> they did. There goes that pitch. All <laughs> fail, right, fail on that. But I think actually, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with it. Dance Academy <laughs> is just what is that? Is that that's not about ballet, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher. You know what? Never mind. I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) Netflix. I'm going to pitch this. 13 episode season of Center Stage. Center Stage
1: Academy. Dance Academy 2.
0: No, it's on your toes. (laughs) No, just Center Stage.
1: They already have.
0: Dance the shit out of it. Center uh, Stage. Jeez Louise. It's here. Jeez Louise.
1: No, they already did that. And I think.
0: You know what? Then I, I think they should do. An eight episode series on HBO. Would just go like a rated R version of this.
1: They already did that on Stars. What?
0: <laughs> really? Yes. What show was that?
1: Um, it's called Flesh and Bone.
0: Ugh. Right. Never mind. <laughs>
1: well, they did a mini docu series. <laughs> well, but but
0: clearly, I'm right. If Flesh and Bone and Dance Academy are successful, that this is an interesting storyline.
1: It about. is. It just has to be done. Correctly. It has to be done correctly. And that is my biggest pet peeve is when suddenly they want more and more dance movies. So they just get people who have dancer on their resume and don't actually have real dance training. Like you can tell. mm. You can tell. And it makes me bananas. It's Kendall Jenner and point shoes all over again. When did that happen? Oh, there's an ad campaign last year, two years ago. She does
0: not have good luck with ad campaigns but
1: no but it's same same difference if you're gonna have a dance movie put in dancers they have to have dancers in dance movies sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) you pound the microphone um i agree i agree good stuff nicole good stuff well folks it's gonna wrap us wrap this up um can't believe we just blew through that but Definitely watch the under stage. The yes. movie is movie's now 19 years old. It's uh. on the verge of its 20th anniversary. Definitely give it a watch. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, yeah. So that's going to do it from us. Folks, thanks for, for thanks for listening this week. You can find this podcast and all of our podcasts in on the Onstage Blog Network and onstageblog.com. We have a whole slew of, of new podcasts. We're posting one pretty much almost every single day. Isn't that crazy? So... Definitely check that out. Um, I think next week we're doing Fiddler on the Roof, by the way. So,
1: Sunrise, sunset. Yeah, very
0: excited about that one. So, all right, folks. Well, we will see you right here next week on the movie musical Shakedown. Have a good one.
1: And in the end, should someone die? <laughs> <laughs> My arm is complete again. I bet you want to know why I shot the bastard. You won't mad.
0: I hold a PhD in horrible. See you at the aftermath. Peace.